0: so much. Um, shalom and a very good afternoon to everyone. Amen. Uh, this morning, I'm so blessed that I can be here. I've already filled uh, yesterday and this morning two services. Uh, it has been great and what a great presence of God here in this place. But I believe today there's a last service. And how many of you know that God always saves the best for the last? We can say amen. So before we get started, why don't we just lift up our hands and pray and open up our hearts to the Lord to hear God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful afternoon. Your presence is here since morning, and Father, today, once again, in afternoon, coupled with your words, presence, Spirit, together with your word, will bring forth growth in our faith in you. We pray that today, God, that every word that comes into our heart will not just become pieces of information that Father Lord tickles our ear, but let it become revelation. Let it sink deep into our heart, that you will speak directly like a rhema word, that every one of us, God, will experience transformation and growth in God's kingdom. So Father, we thank you and we lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a big round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I hope that every one of you this afternoon have already eaten your lunch and that you guys are awake and you guys are alive. Usually the afternoon service, it is the most challenging service. But every time there is a challenge, God is always ready to pour out His revelation to every one of us who can say amen. Now, this week, uh, this month actually, Bethany Church Singapore have actually started on the theme of understanding the kingdom of God through the parables of Jesus. Using parables, God wants to give us the understanding of God's kingdom. So, I want to share with you from one of the parables of Jesus from Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And if you can just help me to turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to verse 29. Jesus was giving us the parable of the growing seed. So it is a great parable. And He told us this parable entitled the parable of the growing seed. Now, Jesus said this. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the fruit kernel in the head, and as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it because the harvest has come. Now church, do you notice that one thing over here that Jesus used a parable to explain growth in the kingdom of God. Now, if you can see just now the verse, the title is the parable of the growing seed. Now, you notice that Jesus used the term parable in order to explain how growth in the kingdom of God is like. Now, church, one thing for sure, he used the term parable. Notice, he didn't use the term principles or methods. He didn't say the principle of growing a seed in the kingdom of God. He didn't also say the method of growing seed in the kingdom of God. Instead, He used the term parable. Somebody say with me, parable. Now, my question to you is this. Why would Jesus use parables to explain growth in the kingdom of God? And very often when you read the Bible, Jesus will often use parables instead of telling us Direct lessons. Instead of giving us principles and methods, He used parables to explain how life in the kingdom of God is like. Why would He do that? Let me tell you, church. Because the kingdom of God is full of mysteries. The kingdom of God is full of mysteries that sometimes cannot be explained. You see, how many of you know that in our life, there are many things that cannot be explained? Who can say amen? Amen. You see, there are things that you go through in life, even though you are a believer, even though you have applied what the Bible has to say. Yet still, sometimes things happen that you and I can never explain. Like what I shared yesterday during the prayer and fasting morning session. I told them this, in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Bible says, both Zechariah and Elizabeth, the both of them, the Bible says, are righteous people they followed the laws of God without blemish. But still, the Bible says Elizabeth was barren. You see, many Christians, they are stuck because they cannot understand and they want God to explain why they are going through what they are going through. (laughs) And because God has never explained it to them and because they have never experienced any explanation or closure, Many Christians are stuck at where they are. And that's the problem. You see, some are, you know, we, all of us, even though we may be living right before God, but how many of you know, life is full of mysteries. Sometimes bad things do happen to good people. Who can say amen? Sometimes even though you have tried your best to follow whatever the Bible has to say, sometimes things do happen. You and I will go through crisis in life. And that's the reason. Why is it that sometimes many things in the Bible, many things pertaining to the kingdom of God cannot just be explained through parables or principles or methods. That's why Jesus used the term the parables of the kingdom of God. Why? Because parables is used to connect to our everyday life. You see, because if we are only stuck with principles and methods of how to live in the kingdom of God, let me tell you this, you and I will be disappointed. Because if you think that the kingdom of God can be explained by principles and methods, your faith will experience a crisis. Because if you read the Bible, the Bible says that if you pray, you will be blessed. The Bible says that if you fast, you will be blessed. The Bible says that if you come to church regularly, (laughs) you will be blessed. And how many of you know that we all do what the Bible tells us to do? Who can say amen? Amen. But still, there are days and there are times after we have done everything that we could. How many of you know, sometimes we still experience problems. Sometimes we do experience crises. crisis. That's why the kingdom of God can never be just explained through principles and methods. That's why Jesus often used parables to illustrate what growth and life is like in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you this, principles can only give us instructions, but parables reveals revelation. How many of you can say amen? Principles reveal instructions, but parables produce revelation. And I don't know whether, I think it's, uh, I think it's there, amen, right? In your, in, your, in your notes. Okay, right? Principles produce, you know, produce instruction, but parables produce revelation. And God wants to give us revelation particularly with regards to growth in the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't give us the principles of growth, but rather He told us parables of the kingdom of God about growth. Because there is no one proven formula or principle that you and I can consistently use to produce growth. You know, church, If let's say for example, our Christian life can be defined by just principles and methods. How many of you know, then Christianity is very easy. (laughs) <laughs> Amen, right? If God can be defined by just principles and methods, then surely everything that we apply, it must produce the results. But the problem is this, you cannot reduce God to just a mere principles. Because if the Bible of faith is defined by principles and methods, you and I don't need faith anymore. <laughs> then myself, you just come to church and learn new principles every day. But what's the point of you coming to church? You come to church not because you want to get more principles or methods. You come to church so that your faith can grow in God and grow deeper and mature in God. Who can say amen? You see, that's the issue. That's why God or Jesus often use parables in order to illustrate how growth happens in the kingdom of God. It is not through principles. It is not through methods. But it is through faith in God even though when bad things happen to good people, but as long as you keep your faith intact in God, growth will eventually come into your life. How many of you can say amen? Come on, this morning, let's give Jesus a big round of applause to wake us up a little bit. Hallelujah. Amen, right? You see, in this parable, the title is called the Parable of the Growing Seed. Now, I want to bring this closer to home because this parable can also be applied in our life by calling it the Parable of Results. Because ultimately, we as Christians, we want to know how to get results. Okay, say amen, right? Pastor, tell me how to pray and then results happen. Pastor, please tell me how to read the Bible and then through the Word of God, results happen. How can I experience greater results in my life? But church, I want to tell you this. God is not defined through a formula. How many of you know we live by faith and not by formula? How many of you can say amen, right? We live by faith and not by formula. Okay, right? We cannot live by formula because life is too abstract to be reduced by just absolute principles of formula. There are too many things that happen in life. Life is too complex. That's why what we need is to grow in our faith so that when things happen not according to our way, instead of our faith experiencing a crisis, our faith gets deeper and our faith gets more mature in the Lord. So that's why we all understand this. When you and I come to a place in your life, right, when you go through crisis, when you have been praying, and when you come to a place whereby you tried all ways possible and still there is no result, what will you do? You see, the problem is that for us, when we pray and when we seek God, and until today, you have not found your results. You know, you have prayed all this while. You have tried all ways. You have fasted every day, but still there is no results. You see, church, sometimes as a Christian, we all can come to a place in our life where we do not know what else to do. How many of you can say amen? You see, we have prayed all we can. You know, we have done all we can. You know, especially for me as a pastor, many people come to me for counseling and for advice, right? And how many of you can understand together with me? There are some people who you have been meeting for the last five years and still their problems still persist and have no breakthrough. Who can say amen? And you know what? These people, when you come as a pastor, right? What will you do? You will tell them various advices. Like what? Okay, have you prayed? Pastor, I've been praying for the last 50 years. Wow, hallelujah. Amen, right? Pastor, what about have you fasted? Pastor, I have fasted 40 days. Okay, amen, right? What about living a consecrated life? Have you changed your life to become more holy? Pastor, not only have I become holy, I have changed my name to become holy already. (laughs) What about coming to church? What about you, right? Being more integrated in service, in cell group, in church, in cool? Pastor, not only have I integrated in church, I am right now a full-time worker in BCS already. You see, you have done everything. (laughs) You have done everything possible in order to get results. But how many of you know can identify with me, sometimes there is still no results. You know, Pastor Abid, I try always to find my life partner. And until today, there's no results. And you know what, as a pastor, they will always ask me, Pastor, what else must I do? (laughs) And even for you yourself, how many of you know, when you have done all you could and still there is no results, very often you will come to church and you are wondering why you are still coming to church. And you are asking God, Lord, what else do you want me to do? Friends, when you come to this stage of your faith, where you have done all you could and you do not know what else you can do. Let me tell you, today you are in the right place at the right time on Sunday afternoon. Because the parables of the kingdom of God is not to give you explanation, but it is to produce revelation for you, for your faith. You see, today the title of my message is The Mystery of I Don't Know. Whether it's, ah, hallelujah. Somebody say with me, the mystery of I don't know. You see, many of us as Christians, we are afraid of this word, I don't know. Because when you say and when you confess out, I do not know what else to do, to you, you think that I have surrendered and I have admitted defeat. To you, you think that this word, I don't know, means that I am helpless. Helpless. You see, have you come to a place where you say to yourself, I don't know how, I don't know what else to do. Let me tell you, as a pastor, I often tell and I often tell myself, I really do not know what else to do. Have you ever come to a place whereby in your marriage, you say to yourself, I don't know what else to do. Towards your children, you're asking God, I don't know what else to do. To your spouse, you're saying to yourself, I don't know what else to do. To your crisis, I don't know what else to do. To your faith, I don't know what else to do. To your career, to your problems, you're saying to yourself, I don't know what else to do. Let me tell you, friends, like this man in the parable, like this man in the parable, the Bible says, can we go back again to that verse where Jesus gave us the parable? He says, night and day, night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Listen, church. This farmer, right? he sows seeds. But even when he sows seeds, the Bible says he does not know how the seed produces itself. You see, from here we understand one thing. God cannot honour His promise if you don't honour the process. How many of you can say amen? You see, if you do not know what else you must do, if you have done all you could and still there is no results. Let me tell you, I want to tell you today that results come from the Lord. Growth comes from the Lord. Miracles comes from the Lord. How many of you can say amen? What you need to do is that you need to honour the process of keep on sowing. You see, this farmer over here, though he does not know how the seed grows, But one thing he knows, he didn't stop sowing. Listen church, if you until today have come to a place whereby you do not know what else to do, what you need is not a solution. What you need is not an explanation. What you need is that you must not stop sowing. Sowing does not mean I give money. No, sowing means keep on doing what God wants you to do. Like what? This farmer over here, even though he does not know how the seed grows, what did he do? He keep on sowing seeds. That means what? Keep on praying. Keep on seeking God. Keep on reading the Bible. Keep on coming to church. Keep on serving. The Bible says, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Waited for so long to have a child, and yet Elizabeth was still barren. But the Bible says it didn't stop Zechariah to keep on serving God in the house of God. And the Bible says one day, as he was serving, an angel shows up and told him, Zechariah, today your prayer has been answered. You see, that's the thing. While man waits for their turn to be blessed, God always waits for his time to bless you. You see, we are always waiting for our turn. When is our turn to be blessed? So today you come to church, you're waiting, Lord, is it my turn to be blessed? No, no, no. God does not wait for your turn or his turn. God is waiting for the right time to bless you. And when he is waiting for the right time, Timing is in God's hand. and until the time comes, what must you do? Keep on sowing. Keep on praying. Keep on believing because the Bible says, Jesus said there was a young wo- there was a woman right who keep on praying and, un- and because she kept on praying, the, the, the unrighteous judge immediately gave the judgment for her and she finally got her justice. You see, that's the thing. If you and I have come to a place of I do not know what else to do, know this one thing. Keep on sowing. Because when the right time comes, the miracle will happen in your life. Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah. You see, you don't need an answer, you need perseverance. Somebody say, with me, perseverance. You see, you don't give up, keep on sowing. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking God. You know what? Somebody say this to me. Growth is a mystery. Yeah, how many of you can say amen? But sowing is the act of putting pieces that will reveal the mystery of the puzzle. Growth is a mystery. But sowing is the act of putting together pieces that will reveal the mystery of the puzzle. Just like you doing jigsaw puzzle, right? You know, if you go and do the jigsaw puzzle that have 10,000 pieces... (laughs) It's not going to take a day. It's going to take probably a few days. Who can say amen? But how do you assemble the big picture together? By putting one piece at a time. Sewing is just like that. As you everyday sow, as you everyday pray, as you everyday keep faith in God, as you everyday read the Bible, as you everyday come and serve God, as you everyday keep on praying and not give up. What are you doing? You're putting Pieces of little puzzles together. And until the day the right time comes, the mystery of the puzzle will be revealed to you. The blessing, the breakthrough will come. You see, that's why it is always the small pieces that make up the big puzzle. It is always the small pieces that make up the big picture. Listen, Bethany Church, Singapore. And I told this early in the morning. If you really want to grow in God, you cannot be focused on just the big things. You must be focused on the small things. You must be focused on the ordinary things. How many of you can say amen? You know, I love coming to Bethany Church, Singapore because the hospitality here is very top form. A-class, hallelujah, right? Pastor Harun is a very nice guy. If you have never met the nicest guys in the world, meet Pastor Harun, hallelujah, right? You know, Pastor Harun is very nice. Every time when I come to preach in Bethany Church, Singapore, he will always treat me lunchtime at Pete's place. Wow. Like just now, before I came here, he treated me Pete's Place. How many of you know, Pete's Place is a very nice restaurant. A very good restaurant. But guys, you cannot grow healthy by eating at Pete's Place every day. If you only eat Pete's Place every day, your cholesterol level will go up. You will not be healthy. You know what will make you healthy? What makes you healthy is the everyday boring home-cooked dish that your mother make for you. How many of you can say amen? It is the home-cooked food that will give you health. It is the boring, normal, common, ordinary things that will cause you to grow up healthy in God. Same thing in church. Listen, you don't just come to church just because there is a big preacher preaching here on stage. You say, Pastor, I will only want to come to church if 1.30 p.m. service, you invite Stephen Ferdick. Do you know who Stephen Ferdick is, right? Amen, hallelujah, right? You know, I only come, Stephen, I only come when Stephen Ferdick is here. I only want to come if Judah Smith is here. I only want to come if Louis Giglio is here. I only want to come if Brian Houston is here. You know what, if Brian Houston is here, then I will come to service. Let me tell you if, you, if your faith is dependent on big things, on prayer answers only, and not honoring the process, the small things, the common, ordinary, boring things, let me tell you, you will never grow up healthy in God. How many of you can say amen? It is only when you are willing to do the normal, basic ordinary, boring basics. That's where you begin to grow healthy in God. Your maturity go deeper in God and your faith becomes more mature in Jesus' name. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's why the parable of the kingdom is telling you, don't just fall for principles and methods. Pastor, you know, you come to church, we only want to know principles, methods. Tell me so that I can get instant results. Yeah? Abracadabra. Whoa, healed in Jesus' name. Hocus-pocus. Immediately when I come out of this place, money, heaven open up, money come down from heaven. Pastor, tell me how can I get instant results? Let me tell you, if you're only going for instant results, your faith will never go deeper. But if you are willing to honour the process, God will honour His promise. And together with the promise, you will grow up strong and mature in God. And the thing is this, you know why is it that you and I need to grow deeper and mature in God? Why is it that you honour, You need to honour the process? Because like the prodigal son, like the parable of the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son teaches this, the prodigal son has the faith to claim his inheritance but he has no character to keep the inheritance. Listen, church, God can bless you. But what's the point if the blessing can only last in your life for only one or two weeks? When God wants to bless you, He wants the blessing to stay with you and through the generations after you. How many of you can say amen? And for you to do that, you need to build your faith, you need to build your maturity so that you can keep the inheritance. Not just get the inheritance. Bethany Church Singapore, one30 PM service. I want you to notice one thing: the parable of the kingdom is to teach us not principles or methods of how to get results, but how to teach us revelation what it takes for us to see results. God working on our behalf, and that's why I want to encourage you this afternoon. Come on, have faith in God. Go after the process. Don't just go after instant results. Who can say amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand this afternoon, shall we? You see, our world is so full of result-oriented and solution-minded processes and methods. And the concept of you saying, Lord, I do not know what else to do. Lord, I have come to the end of myself. Lord, I have reached to the end. This concept is very Sounds very weak for us. And we try to shun this away. We tell ourselves, no, 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 no. We cannot say, I do not know. But friends, it's okay to say that you don't know. It's okay that when you come to the end of yourself, how many of you can say amen? Why? Because there are three things that I want to share with you this afternoon. Number one, just because you do not know, it does not mean I am in, I'm ignorant. Just because I don't know, it doesn't mean I'm ignorant. How many of you can say amen? You know, when the farmer said he does not know how the seed grows, that's what the Bible say. The Bible say he does not know how the seed produces itself. When the farmer said that, it does not mean that the farmer was ignorant. On the contrary, the farmer, because he is so familiar with how farming works, that he knows what he needs to do and which one he needs to surrender to nature and which one he needs to put in effort and work for himself. The farmer knows exactly how to differentiate which one, which area I need to trust God and which area I need to work hard. How many of you can say amen? That is not ignorance. Listen, he understands in principle he understands what it means to be godly and what it means to play God. You see, when people come to church, they like to play God. (laughs) They want God to fulfill whatever their whims and fancies. So they come to church, they say, God, I'm here, you know. You better be thankful I'm here already. You know, today actually I don't want to come to church one day, you know Because yesterday, right, I was watching soccer, you know, right? Hallelujah, right? You know, today actually I don't want to come to church, man. I tell you, today you, I'm doing you a big favour. Because actually I didn't want to come to church, but today I'm here. So I tell you, when I'm here, you better bless me. You better give me my life partner today, right now, in Jesus' name. You see, that's the thing. Listen, we cannot put God into a box, into mere principles and methods. God does not work like that. God is sovereign. God is Lord over our life. How many of you can say amen? You know, you cannot just come here and say, you know what, pastor, I'm going to pray God. If I pray, if I do this, God must bless me. No, no, no. God does not have to bless you His way, according to your way. He wants to bless you His way, not according to your way. How many of you can say amen? And that's the thing. You see, even though you come to a place of I don't know, it doesn't mean that I'm ignorant. Like the farmer, he understands the difference between godly and playing God. Now, the thing is this. Listen. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, what did the Bible say? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Can all of us read this verse together? Since it's an afternoon, right? So that we just wake us up, okay? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Let's read together. 1, 2, 3. I planted, Apollo's watered, but God gave The increase. From this one verse alone, we have this principle. What is that? God cannot honor His promise if you don't honor the process. Who can say amen? It is ultimately God who gives you the miracles. But if you until today have not seen the miracles, what must you do? Keep on planting and keep on watering. If until today there is no increase, what must you do? Keep on sowing. Keep on planting. Keep on watering. That's why this I don't know state is not a state of ignorance, but it is a state of trusting in the Lord. How many of you can say amen? It is a state of you saying, Lord, I surrender myself to you. You see, when you try to put God into a formula and expect Him to produce results, you are ignorant in the eyes of God. But when you choose to trust God and when you come to a place of do not know what else to do and you say, Lord, I do not know what else to do. That's why today I choose to trust you. I choose to surrender to you. Let me tell you, in the eyes of God, you are wise because now is the time when the Lord will tell you, stand and see because the Lord will do wonders among you. You see, that's the thing. Friends, that's why the Bible says, Bill Johnson said this, the ability to embrace mystery is what attracts revelation. The ability to embrace mystery is what attracts revelation. Like, guys, you notice, this word, it, does, it doesn't say the ability to accept mystery. The Bible says, no, in, I mean, it says here, the ability to embrace mystery. That means what? Mystery, that means it is a state of uncertainty. It is a state of you losing control. It is a state of you do not know what else to do. Friends, Bill Johnson said this, if you can embrace it. Embrace is different from accepting. Accepting is, okay, I can accept, but I don't want to be involved. But embrace means you not only accept, but I want to get myself involved in, in it. That means I accept it as a way of life, as a way of faith in God. And when you begin to embrace mystery, God will reveal himself more and more to you. Just because you do not know, it does not mean that you are ignorant. Because when you come to the end of yourself and surrender fully to God, you are actually allowing God to move on your behalf and he can do anything. Nothing is impossible before God when he does things on your behalf. Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause this afternoon. You know what, church? A couple of months ago, actually last year, the whole world was gripped by this cave rescue mission in Thailand. I don't know whether you guys heard about this cave rescue mission. What happened was that last year, 12 boys and their coach belonging to a local football team were trapped in a cave 3 kilometers underground for a total of 14 days. Now, This incident united humanity for once. Because for once, everyone was rooting for just one football club instead of Liverpool versus Manchester United, so on and so forth. Now, this is a football team. There was only one adult. And the rest were all children. Now, can you imagine? All the boys, all the kids, only one adult. And when they are trapped 14 days inside the cave, Can you imagine if you were the only adult there? The boys will keep on asking the adult. You know, in Indonesian, Kak, amen, right? You know, Mr. How? When can we get out of cave? What can we do? You know, coach, are we going to die? Coach, how can we escape? Coach, when will rescue come? You know, as a pastor, every single day, we are always asked this question, right? Pastor, when will my, re- well, when will my breakthrough come? Pastor, when will my salvation come? Pastor, when will my miracle come? Pastor, when will my life partner come? Pastor, when will my healing come? Every single day, this adult is being asked this question by these boys. Friends, how many of you can identify with the coach? Because the coach, I don't think, can give any answer. How many of you can say amen? And how many of you can agree with me that inside the coach's heart, the answer is the same as you and me? What is the answer? The answer is, I don't know. Ah, hallelujah. When the kids ask, when are we going to get rescued? The coach' answer is, I don't know. When will rescue come? I don't know. When will a miracle happen? I also don't know. <laughs> When will God help me? I also don't know. Now friends, can you imagine, right, if you are the adult there, what will you do? But church, listen to this. But in a state of I don't know, in a state of them feeling uncertain and fearful of I don't know, the newspaper recorded this. The newspaper said that the coach decided to meditate. He tried doing what he can by staying positive. He tried to be positive every day. He stayed hopeful and he stayed calm while waiting for rescue to come. So the newspaper stated this, while they were waiting for rescue to come, he told all the boys to remain positive. He told all the boys boys, to think positive. He told all the boys to remain calm. And he, every day tell the boys and tell them, hope is on the way. Help will be coming. Thinking positively. Staying hopeful. Remaining calm while waiting for rescue to come. What was the coach doing in a state of I don't know? What was he doing? He was sowing. He was doing what he can. He was sowing. <laughs> you know, when things are not happening, what must you do? Keep on sowing. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking God. You know, today we are in a condition, we are in a society where we need to ask the usefulness of our action first before we start doing it. So that's why people come to church and they say, Pastor, what is the use of me praying? What is the use of me coming to church? Because I don't see any gain from praying or from coming to church. Because even after I prayed, even after I come to church, I don't see any results. Friends, you don't pray just for results. You pray because you want to come into a state whereby God will be working on your behalf. See, that's why the Bible has this verse. He who is faithful will be saved to the very end. He didn't say, he who is useful will be saved to the very end. You don't just do things for the sake of usefulness. You do things for the sake of faithfulness. How many of you can say amen? Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? And when you are found faithful, that's how salvation will come to you. You see, this man over here, he tried to be positive. He tried to remain calm. He tried to be hopeful. What was he doing? He was sowing. He was sowing. And he was sowing. And you cannot imagine how the boys must have felt and how the coach must have felt. Nine days in total darkness. Abject hunger and thirst with very little oxygen to survive. You know, if it was me, I could only last probably three days, three (laughs) nights. Why? Because for all of us Christians, when we go through such a situation, we use the Bible as a reference on when my salvation will come, right? You see, because why? When you are stuck in the cave, you will think, ah, Jesus was also remained in the cave, for tomb for three days, three nights. Jonah was in the whale's belly for three days, three nights. So you have a reference of faith that, okay, 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 at the most, I'm inside here for three days, three nights. So guys, boys, don't worry. eh? We are only here for three days, three nights. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. But you waited one day. You waited two days. You waited three days. And even after the ninth day, help has not arrived. (laughs) What happened? When the Word of God is in opposite reality with your reality, sometimes we experience a faith crisis. Is see, that's the thing. When things doesn't go according to your way, don't depend on results. Keep on sowing. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. And keep on sowing. Because you do not know, growth always comes from the Lord. Miracle will always come from the Lord. How many of you can say amen? You see, friends, what happened? What happened over here? As they continue to do that, guess what happened, guys? Nine days later, two British divers suddenly appeared in their cave. And the two British divers managed to find them. Now you ask me today, how did these people manage to survive and get out? I can tell you this, after they got out, when the coach got interviewed, coach, how did you manage to get out? I can tell you this, the coach didn't tell them, oh man, thank God, I went to Bethany Church, Singapore. Because in Batanichi Singapore, they teach me nine steps to get out of the cave. Five principles how to remain calm in a cave. Three steps how from a caveman you can become a brave man. Hallelujah. One principle of faith to always get out of cave situation. No, he didn't say that. (laughs) When he was being interviewed, how did you manage to get out? I can tell you this. What was his answer? I also don't know. But one thing we did, we didn't give up hope. We kept on believing and we kept on trusting. And until the last oxygen is available, we will breathe that in. And you know what? When we don't give up, suddenly rescue comes along the way. PCS, I want you to notice one thing. The parables of the kingdom of God it's not principles or method, but it is faith in Christ Jesus. As long as you don't give up, God will always remain working on your behalf. Help is always coming your way. Come on, give Jesus a bit round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you are alive this afternoon? Only one or two. How many of you are alive this afternoon today? Amen, right? You see, what a story. What a story! But can I tell you this? What a parable. Because this story doesn't teach us principles. This story doesn't teach us steps, methods to get out of our cave. But this is a parable. Because parable gives us inspiration. Connects us to our everyday life. And gives us revelation. And gives us the strength to last through another day. Because maybe... Today is the day of my deliverance. How many of you can say amen? You see, that's the thing. You see, church, many people say, but pastor, you know what? For you to talk to us like that, it doesn't hold water. (laughs) Pastor, don't forget, you know, 1.30 p.m. service is an English service, not an Indonesian service. Hallelujah, right? Because if you speak to Indonesian and you tell the Indonesian when you're going through problems, just rest, surrender, surrender. And give it to the Lord. Indonesian will be very happy. Ooh, not, yes, I want to do that. Because I don't need to do anything. I just surrender to the Lord. Pastor, you know, one30 pm, eh, we're hybrid, Singaporean and Indonesian, you know, hallelujah, right? If you want to talk to us, you better talk to us not about something that we just need to surrender. I need you to tell me productivity, I need you to tell me what else to do. Friends, I'm not here to teach you and tell you about productivity. But one thing is for sure. Okay, right? One thing is for sure. If you stop sowing, guaranteed there is no result. But if you keep on sowing, maybe today is the day of your deliverance. How many of you can say amen? You see, that's why I want to encourage you while you are going through what you are going through and have come to a place of I do not know what else to do. What must you do? Keep on sowing don't ever give up hope because maybe today is the day of your victory. Just because I don't know, it does not mean I am ignorant. How many of you can say amen? That's point number one. How many of you are learning something today? Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Point number two. Just because I do not know, it does not mean what I am doing now is insignificant. Just because I don't know, It doesn't mean what I'm doing is insignificant. Now, question to many of us is this, Pastor, what's the point of me praying when there is no results? What's the point of me fasting when there is no results? What is the point of me coming to church when there is no results? Now, all these things that I'm doing, it bears no results. As such, all these things that I'm doing has no significance. Now, let me tell you this. At the end of the day, sometimes we are so focused on the results that we forget on the process. How many of you can say amen? And the thing is this. When the farmer sowed seeds and there was no growth, the Bible says that he didn't lose focus on his field. Instead, he kept on sowing on the same field. Just because he started sowing and the field doesn't bear for fruits, he didn't change field and start sowing somewhere else. No, he didn't. Listen, he kept on sowing at the same place. And that's the thing. Listen, just like how the disciples of Jesus, when they were faced with a crisis of lack, they wanted to feed 5,000 people. And the disciples came to Jesus. Jesus, there is this lad who only had five loaves, two fish. But the Bible said this, but what is there to feed 5,000? That means what? Five loaves and two fish, it's not enough. It's insignificant because it cannot feed 5,000 people. But friends, that's the problem that we all have in this mentality today. If the devil cannot take things away from you, he will make you feel that what you have right now is insignificant. And in you feeling insignificant, you will give up. You will throw it away. But little do you know, the little when it's placed in a master's hand can turn into much. How many of you can say amen? You see, that's the thing. Just because you do not know, it does not mean what you're doing today is insignificant. Your prayer, maybe to you is insignificant, but to God has great significance. Because if there is only one thing you can do is to pray, and when you give it to the master's hand, your prayer can turn and move mountains. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? You see, he stay faithful in the current land. He didn't go anywhere. (laughs) He stayed put. He kept on sowing in the same place. He didn't feel that what he's doing is insignificant. Now, those seeds he sowed bears no instant results. But that doesn't mean that what he's doing is insignificant. Listen, if I want to become like Pastor Harun like that, wah, so so skinny, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. So, So trim, so fit, Right? I cannot just go to gym one day. Going to gym one day will bear no instant results. How many of you can say amen? But just because there is no instant result, it doesn't mean that what I'm doing in the gym is insignificant. As long as you keep on doing, it will bear results one day. Who can say amen? It's the same thing with prayer. It's the same thing with worship. Now, what you need to do is that you need to keep on sowing and tell yourself it is still significant. Now, John Valentin, the lead driver, the lead diver. There are two divers, British divers, that found the, the, the 13 boys inside the cave. And I have the picture over here. John Valentin, right? John Valentin, it is one of the two divers that met or found the 13 boys inside the cave. When he managed to rescue them, the newspaper interviewed him, and he gave this statement. He said this, I die for passion, and always wondered if it would have a purpose. Last two weeks was what I prepared for for my entire life. That means John Valentin, all this while, had a passion for diving, but he did not know what is the purpose of his passion, so he just kept on diving. So he just kept on learning. He kept on becoming the best. He kept on preparing himself, training himself to become one of the best cave rescue diver. Now take note, he is not just a normal diver, he is a cave rescue diver. He kept on doing what he needed to do. And all this while, while he was doing and preparing and training himself to be a cave rescue diver, he did not know what is the purpose he thought that what he was doing was insignificant because it bears no money, bears no results. But one day, opportunity came along the way. And when opportunity meets preparation, the intersection becomes your destiny. You see, many young people today are questioning themselves. What is my purpose in life? Listen, instead of you asking God what is your purpose, why don't you prepare what God has given you your current assignment right now? And if you keep on preparing and to become the best in your current assignment and become good at what you're doing right now, one day, there will be an opportunity that come along your way. And when opportunity meets preparation, that intersection will become your purpose. How many of you can say amen? I think I'm preaching pretty okay uh, today. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah, right? Young people, they are always questioning God. What is my purpose? What is my purpose coming to church? What is my purpose praying? What is my purpose reading the Bible? Friends, maybe right now, you don't see the purpose. But what you need to do right now is that you need to do your current assignment faithfully and do it well you see just like how John Valentin he didn't know that diving right his passion ultimately lead him to his purpose you see that's the thing just because I don't know it doesn't mean that what I'm doing right now is insignificant (laughs) Just because you do not know, it doesn't mean that your prayer is insignificant. Your attendance here is insignificant. Your reading the Bible is insignificant. Your staying put in a marriage is insignificant. Your staying put in the job in the midst of a crisis is insignificant. It doesn't mean so. Because as long as you keep on doing what God calls you to do, one day, there will be an opportunity that comes along your way. And when opportunity meets preparation, It will become your purpose in life. You see, you do not know. Your prayer, every week, week in, week out, you pray. You thought that it's insignificant. But there will come a day that your prayer will touch the heart of God and God's hand will move on your behalf. And all He needs is just one day to reverse 10 years of crisis. He can turn it around in just one day. How many of you can say, Amen? Come on, guys, give God a big round of applause this morning, this afternoon. You see, church, trained to become the best. There will come a time when Goliath show up. And the person that God will send to face Goliath is not the most talented person, but it is the most prepared person. So the most prepared person is the next one you will be blessed with. Listen, your worst adversity will always come at your most prepared time. How many of you can say amen? That's why stay faithful in your current assignment. Stay faithful in what you're doing. Don't think that what you're doing right now is insignificant. Let me tell you, what you're doing right now is very significant because it is actually adding up to the blessing that God has installed for you. How many of you can say amen? When you reach a stage of I don't know, number one, Just because you do not know, it doesn't mean you are ignorant. Who can say amen? Number two, just because you do not know, what you are doing is insignificant. Number three, and the last one. After this, you guys can go back to Aion and Takashimaya again. Hallelujah, right? Number three, point number three. Just because I don't know, it does not mean I am incapable of victory. Just because I don't know, it doesn't mean I'm incapable of victory. Why? Because many people think that when they acknowledge that I don't know, I'm admitting defeat. Many people thought that because when they acknowledge I don't know, means they say to themselves, you know what, I've acknowledged defeat. I'm weak. No, 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 friends. I want you to know this one thing. Just because you say I don't know, it does not mean I'm incapable of victory. Why? Let me tell you why. Because when Moses was tasked by God to deliver Israel, what happened? Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 10 to 14. He says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. This will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. Verse 13. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now notice, when Moses was asking God how to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, God's answer was, tell them, I am. Eh? connect, you know, right? Wait soon, amen, hallelujah, right? You see, hey, wait, wait, wait. Moses was asking how? But God replied, who? Amen, right? no, 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 God, God, God. You got me wrong. Tell me how to get out of that. God's answer is, who? I am your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You see, that's the issue. Always when man come to church, they always want to know how to get salvation, how to be successful, how to get out of debt, how to get out of crisis, how to get out of the cave. But let me tell you, the gospel is not about how you obtain salvation. The gospel is about who will save you. You see, why is it that you come to church looking for how when it is the who that you need to seek after? You see, but yet people come to church, they only want to know how. How to be more successful. How to be more blessed. Listen, if church is only about telling you how to be more successful, please don't call this a church. Call this a motivation seminar. Then every week, when you need to bring people to preach here, don't bring a pastor. Bring Anthony Robbins. Because Anthony Robbins can tell you how to have more sales. How many of you can say amen? But why is it that it's called a church? Why is it that you need a pastor? You need a minister of God's Word? Because the way to get out of your cave is not how. It is who will get you out of your crisis. It is who? Jesus. You see, that's why Moses was asking God, God, tell me how. Jesus told them, it is me. It is me who will get you out of Egypt. Friends, just because I do not know how, it does not mean I am ignorant. Just because I do not know how, it does not mean I am incapable of victory. Why? Because the answer is not in the how. The answer is always found in the who. The answer is always found in Jesus Christ. Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. That's why when you do not know, it doesn't mean you are incapable of victory. Victory is still possible when you turn to God and acknowledge your dependency on Him in humility. Friends, as we come to a close, Maybe some of you here in this place are actually at a point where you are saying to God, Lord, I do not know what else must I do. Friends, before we end this afternoon, turn your inadequacy into dependency on God and surrender completely to Jesus because it is Jesus that will deliver you from your cave and from your crisis in Jesus' name. And let me tell you, This afternoon, as I come to an end, I want the musicians to come forward right now and we can just start playing. Friends, today maybe there are many of you here can identify with what I shared this afternoon. You have come to a place whereby, Lord, I do not know what else must I do. Friends, you are in the right place at the right time. Because when you are at the point of do not know what else to do, it is time for you to turn your incapability into dependency on God you need to surrender completely to Jesus and you need to go back again to the boring basics of prayer seeking God and worshipping Him how many of you can say Amen? friends don't give up don't give up on your marriage don't give up on your children don't give up on yourself because God has not given up on you and today as long as you continue in God help is coming along your way as long as you don't give up how many of you can say amen let's give Jesus a big round of applause shall we hallelujah why don't we all stand up on our feet thank you Jesus why don't we all stand up on our feet you know I'm just gonna ask the musicians you want to come the singers or so how many of you have been blessed this afternoon amen you know maybe the singers can just lead us in one worship song right I don't know what worship song you guys want to lead but lead it from the beginning all the way to the end friends if you are in a situation of, I do not know, I do not know what else must I do. As we sing this song, I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to surrender to the Lord. Lord, I want to surrender my marriage because I do not know what else must I do. Lord, I want to surrender my son because I do not know what else must I do. Lord, I want to surrender my death situation because I really do not know what else must I do. Lord, I want to surrender my health because doctors said, it is the end. I don't know what else must I do. Friends, if that is you, as we sing worship song today, lift up your hands and give it all up to Jesus and surrender to Him completely. Amen. Why don't we all lift up our hands and pray in the spirit for a while. Come on. Just surrender. Just surrender to Jesus. Just surrender to Jesus. Shuria la la bara 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 la bara la bara la bara la 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 bara hanta karala bahantidia la 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 bara 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 bahantidia Shukur la bara la bara la bara bara Hallelujah let's sing this song together with all of your hearts I believe I believe in you I will walk with you I will walk with you. Yes, Lord. I surrender to Your plans. You are there in all my struggles. Lord, I trust in You. I believe. I believe in You. walk with you, I will walk with you, I surrender all, I surrender all your plans, you are bearing all my struggles, Lord, I trust in you, come on, see that again, I believe in you, Lord, I believe, I believe in you. I will walk with you I will walk with you I will walk
1: with you I surrender to your
0: plans
1: You are getting all my
0: struggles
1: Lord,
0: I trust in you I believe in you I believe, I believe with you I will walk with you, walk with you. With you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Be the reason that I live Fulfill your purpose in my life Lord, I trust in you Hallelujah, I want you to just lift up your hands And I want you to surrender to the Lord All your problems You know what, today you are in a crisis You are at the end of your wits I want you to just begin to surrender and say, Jesus, I have come to the end of my life. Jesus, I don't know what else must I do. But today I choose to trust in you and I choose to surrender completely to you. So I want you to just begin to say it right now. Tell the Lord, tell the Lord. Come on. Release it, release it.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? Bethany Church, Singapore. 1.30pm service. I want you to look at me for a while. You know, in a, I really believe that tonight, I mean, this, this today, since morning and until today, I really believe that there are many of you who can identify with what I just preached this afternoon. And that is, you have come to the end of yourself. You really do not know what else you must do. But let me tell you, if you don't give up, if you keep on sowing, you will see Your faithfulness will always bring salvation into your life. I want to share this simple testimony and after this, I want to pray for you. You know what? Just recently, I met a pastor, a good friend of mine. And when we met, he asked me, he told me, you know what, Pastor Aris? We have not met for the last six months. You know what happened to me? At the beginning of this year, I met and I brought a group of Chinese missionaries and I brought them to Newton Food Centre. You know, every Indonesian, when they come to Singapore, they always like to eat at Newton Food Centre. So we ate Stingray barbecue over there. And guess what? I got food poisoning. He said this, it was so severe that I had to be admitted to the hospital for at least three, four days. Now, when I was admitted to the hospital for food poisoning, I was like complaining to God. I was like getting angry with God. I was feeling frustrated because all my schedules right now have turned topsy-turvy. And he said, you know what, I was complaining and I was getting angry with God because I got food poisoning. Four days he was admitted. But he said this, but on the fourth day, the doctor came to me and they did a scan and the doctor told me, Pastor, they're separate from your food poisoning. When we did scan on your full body, guess what? We found a tumor on your liver. So we need to do a check. So they did the first check. And the results came out 40% non-cancerous. 40% non-cancerous. So I'm not satisfied with the result. We need to check the second time in order to really be sure. And so what happened, they did a second test and the results came in. And this time around, praise the Lord, 99% non-cancerous. Praise the Lord. But you know, that's the reason why many Indonesians come to Singapore for checkup. Because Singapore doctors are never satisfied. Hallelujah, right? The Singapore doctors said there is still a 1% chance of cancer. I am not satisfied still, and I need to do a thorough third check. And this time around, they did the third most thorough check, and the result came in, and is confirmed 1% was cancerous. Cancerous. So he said, immediately they went for an operation to remove the tumour from the liver. And after the operation was done and it was successful, the doctor came to the pastor and he said, Pastor, I want you to know you're very lucky because the tumor that is on your liver was so small and undetectable, it can remain inside your body, very difficult to be detected and let me tell you, if it remains in the body, give it another one or two more years, the cancer would have already spread all over your body. And he said this, Pastor, you're very lucky because had it not been for your food poisoning, we can never discover the cancer. And right there and then, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You see, sometimes, God will allow you to get food poisoning to rescue you from cancer. How many of you can say amen? While we are feeling frustrated with God and angry for this problem that we are facing, listen, God, has a bigger plan for your life. He knows what is best for you. And if you are angry, and if you are always insisting on your own way, let me tell you, you will miss out on God's salvation plan for your life. Because sometimes God will allow you to to sink, but He will never allow you to drown. How many of you can say amen? As long as you keep your faith and trust in God, He will always carry you through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, that's why it always pays off if you put your trust in God and if you don't give up and if you keep on praying and seeking after Jesus because ultimately you see the good that God has in store for you. How many of you can say amen? See, that's why today if you have come to the end of yourself, don't give up. Keep on sowing because God's salvation plan is just around the corner and if you believe that I want you to receive this prayer then I'm about to pray for you I want you to lift up your hands to heaven Father you see those hands that are lifted up Father you know that many of us are going through situations Lord where we have come to the end of ourselves Father many of us are actually questioning Lord I do not know what else to do but Father today you have placed us here at the right place at the right time Because I pray that today's word will not just become information but it will become revelation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray that today Lord that the word of God will recharge their faith so that Lord they will not give up hope so that they will keep on believing and praying and seeking after you. Father I pray that every one of them as they continue to put their faith in you he who is found faithful will see salvation at the very end. I pray, Father Lord, that you bless them. I pray that you open the windows of heaven and that you pour out your blessing upon their life. And Lord, that sooner or later, you will bless them and rescue them out of their cave. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. And we pray that the Word of God will sink so deep inside their heart that it will become a rhema inside their life. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah amen yes. come on bethany church singapore 1:30 pm give god a big hand hallelujah amen thank you bethany church keep on believing keep on sowing your salvation is just around the corner god bless you and have a great weekend thank you praise the god